0: Yo, touch your screen, and a box will come up with a little sun. Drag it down, because you're always blown out. My? On your phone, not on your computer. He's oh, touching
1: oh, his screen. Oh, oh, me. About... <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't have touch screen. You mean, like, adjust my light? Oh, yeah, that's a lot better.
0: Yeah, because, like, every time your background is, like, kind of pixelated.
1: Don't talk to me about that. It's fine. <laughs> Are you mean? <laughs> well, like, because it's fine on my phone, right?
0: I don't know, I can't see your phone, my man.
1: Phone looks good. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> hey. hey, I don't operate off what y'all think I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> no, no. I trust God. Yes, sir. And it's gonna stay like that. Yeah. I take pride in the what God got going God artists yeah. a mug toy yeah.
0: I run with the king, so this prince got a charm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, well, I'm glad we're all nice and close. I think this episode is going to go well. There's going to be no awkward moments. Oh, man.
0: I don't oh, think God. so. Those are already out of the way.
1: <laughs> all right, cool. So are we ready? We're ready. We're rolling. Right. What's up, everybody? How are you guys doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm awesome. Thanks. Good. Hey, uh, I want to begin the episode by um, introducing the new face. Um, Today we've got a guest. We've got Mike Bateman. Um, He is a friend of mine and kind of family, but not blood. So he's my brother-in-law's brother-in-law. So try and figure that one out. It doesn't make much sense other than the family tree is kind of messed up.
2: (laughs) You're my brother-in-law by marriage. Yeah. So basically
1: blood.
0: You guys, you guys just really, really want to be family, for huh? He
2: really hated me the first time he met me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that might, that might be a good, that might
1: be a good, uh, just kind of like segue into the episode. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. I'm uh and I don't know. Have we fully talked about this? or just kind of text back and forth, briefly about it, Mike.
2: You no, know we talked about. I think we were in person. When we talked about. It.
1: Okay. It's, well, I think everybody needs to know. Unless it's too awkward, but I think it's fine. So I was um, I was cutting wood for the first time at my father in law's house, and I was pumped. I'm like trying to show him how how big of a man I am. I'm like I'm wearing like a cutoff shirt and I'm just like at <laughs> <acting> boss. <laughs> and uh, here comes bodybuilder Mike, dude's jacked out of his mind, and he rolls up in his truck. I'm like, who the heck's this guy? Trying to my <laughs> I, gotta, <hunter?" laughs> I gotta fight him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, we'll get to that because <laughs> there is a part that's kind of like that. <laughs> so uh, he rolls up and uh, he comes up to me, and I um I don't know, like if I just straight up like missed <laughs> the piece of wood when I was cutting, but uh, Mike was like, he's standing next to my father in law with his arms crossed, and he's like, uh, you might want to take a step up, and. I was so mad. I was like, "How is this guy?" I don't I'm even remember mad. these details. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. I I still am a little bit sour about it. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you came up. I'd never met you before, and you make that comment in front of my father-in-law, and I was like, "Man, actually, he wasn't my father-in-law." <laughs> yeah. married yet. married. Yeah, you guys were yeah. just dating. Yeah. See, that's the thing. So then you, you were in the whole competition. Whole you so, me like, up this, this dude's, yeah, this dude's <laughs> trying to steal like my thunder ace, here so. Susan you want to see a real man <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure she was watching too so I was even more mad but uh for <laughs> sure but then, so I was a little annoyed and then uh my brother-in-law's younger brother so I guess he's my brother-in-law too I don't know how that works um he, he was like he was like hey I think that you should fight him He's like, Yeah, you'd probably lose because he's got big muscles. <laughs> I was like, Gosh, I can't win today. This sucks. <laughs> so from then on, I'm like, Yeah, I don't want to be around Mike ever. But then somehow we became friends. I don't know what happened. I guess we just bonded over the, the Lord or something.
2: It's like I really like I remember that encounter kind of, but I more remember like the first time over at uh
0: oh. over
2: Brother-in-law's, wife's house, yeah, mom's house, we were playing games. Yeah, like
1: you've already like <laughs> like given out a bad impression, and then oh man, you can tell that part if you want to. But I was mad about okay. that too. <laughs>
0: so,
2: I'm not generally up on pop culture. I'm just not okay. Like so, I see Houston. And he's tan and he's wearing Rock Revivals and all this stuff. And I said something like, "He looks like he should." I said. Thinking it's a compliment. Hey, man, you look like you'd be on Jersey Shores. Apparently, uh, <laughs> that's not a compliment, I guess. I don't know. I thought that was no. a thing.
1: You uh, said it in a very patronizing like type on. of way.
2: I didn't mean it very patronizing. I'm just naturally patronizing. I can't help it. That's so funny. Just look at people I know I'm better. I mean, no, I'm just <laughs> I was like, this
1: dude does want to <laughs> fight. But yeah. So we didn't really start out. I I, we didn't start out on the best of foot, uh best of feet, really, because it was two, it was two scenarios that I was just kind of annoyed. But somehow we became friends. So
2: I found out last year you hated me most of this time. I literally didn't know till last year. Oh, for
0: real? (laughs) Yeah. I I remember I
2: apologized at
1: one point. I texted you. I was like, Hey, sorry if I'm i'm ever a jerk when i'm around you or something like that <laughs> I, think,
2: I think that was last year. it might have been here before last but I, remember, I was like what are you talking about <laughs> it, was,
1: it was last week when i invited you on the episode
2: <laughs> by the way better right. bury the hatchet before we get talking about the lord together yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> mike and aaron um this is uh this is a proper introduction um This is how, Aaron, this is how I met Mike. And uh, Mike, I met Aaron over Facebook. So now we have a podcast together so it's pretty incredible wait you don't have a podcast with every person you meet on facebook (laughs) well i mean i got a few but this one's special (laughs) i'm still not
2: convinced this isn't a catfish situation (laughs) so am i I, i'm waiting for it (laughs) that's so funny that's
1: the whole thing for a while like i think aaron weren't you telling people that i swear this houston guy's not a catfish
0: (laughs) oh everyone was saying they're like yo like Oh, so he just popped up.
1: He just showed up out of nowhere, huh? Have you ever seen him? You ever talked to him? <laughs> yeah, they were convinced he was a catfish. That's funny. Well, I'm real, everybody, in Welland. Gosh,
0: where all the views come from?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like yeah. There's like 500 views in Welland, and like four from the states. So
2: I'm one of those. Hey, there we go. I don't, I don't <laughs> want a brown nose. It's I watch yeah. it drop. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Thanks. So,
1: um, Mike, we uh, invited you on today um, because I I just think you're awesome. Um, I've enjoyed um, kind of following like uh, your like life's ministry over the last few years and what God's been doing in your life. And so um, I started just praying and asking God who would be – um, some people that I could ask on as guests and you were like one of the first ones that popped into my mind, one of probably like three or four. And, uh, you were the, actually the first one who popped into my mind, I think, cause we were talking when I was praying about it. I was like, who should I, Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm texting one of them. So, <laughs> but, um, so I'm really excited. You said yes. Um, because, um, especially after you told me what you'd be talking about, um, tonight, some things that God's put on your heart. Um, so, I just want to, uh, just give you the floor to just, you know, say what God's put on your heart and, um, to kind of just share, um, the message that you feel like you're supposed to share tonight. So go for it, man. What do you got?
2: Awesome. Um, well, I don't know. (laughs) No. Um, so th- <laughs> I just wanted to hang out. <laughs> I just, I'm here for the water, man. <laughs> Dude, I want my second. <laughs> uh, mine's one liter, so oh. it's like my fourth piece for the day. So <laughs> that's gonna come <clip> um, <laughs> <for> sure. <laughs> uh, Aaron's not drinking bubbly today. Hey, he does watch the podcast.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, last time he drank oh. it, he broke his mic. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah we don't want to break. <laughs> i need a cap if I, if I don't got a cap i can't stay <laughs> oh awesome. no cat
2: well the main thing uh, what's been big on my heart um is zeal for the lord right like this idea of like just being overcome with a deep passion inside you that like where the only thing that matters is jesus right? Because in, in the church, we we kind of get caught up in our routines, and we get caught up in our things, and, and worship has to look like this, and the message better not go longer than this, because then I'll miss the game, and I'm not going to miss the game. And so we've gotten so caught up in consumerism in the church, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And I feel like Jesus isn't very happy about it, <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like my conviction in my heart has been, man, we've become so much about playing to what the people want and not playing to what the king wants man right that's good whenever we call him lord lord means he owns everything we have no ownership anymore our time's not ours it's his our desires aren't ours it's his right so yeah so to call him lord we we we've taken that that lord and we've cheapened it so much to make just like you're big, you know, it, Well, kind of like with the fear of the Lord, like you guys were talking about last week, you know, we've cheapened it to just be reverence, when that word in the original Hebrew actually means terror, dread, seeing something terrible, seeing a terrible thing, dreadfulness, you know what I mean, like it, it's right. a deep sense of true fear, and and I feel like that's the zeal, you can't have zeal for him without fear for him, you know, um, that's good, even Acts, Acts chapter five, think to Ananias and Sapphira, right, it says that they died, and then the fear of the Lord broke out in the church. And the very next thing it says, and many signs and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: So what, what kicked that off, right? It had to be the fear of the Lord, right? So yeah, zeal for that house came back. And, um, and and in John chapter two, um, I'm sorry, guys, I'm kind of a preacher, so I can kind of preach. So I'm going to try to be more conversational, but (laughs) don't (laughs) apologize. (laughs) Yeah. This is what what we we want, want, man. Go for it. In, In John two, uh, 13 through 17 um, it's the story where Jesus goes into the temple right and he sees them uh, selling oxen and selling doves and doing the money changing and he goes <laughs> and he goes and he's like what the heck's going on here and he starts flipping tables and <clears throat> driving out the money changers with a whip and doing all this stuff and in John 3 17 it says his disciples remembered that it was written zeal for your house will consume me right and, and that zeal that for your house consume, will consume me comes from Psalm 69 9 but when you read that in context of what was going on in David's life, who wrote that, David was talking about himself, yet it's it's so funny that it's saying this was also written about Jesus, which even speaks greater when Jesus said, Scripture speaks of me, right? That everything in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation has to speak about Jesus, including yeah. um, Leviticus, Levitical law, it's all about Jesus, right? Yeah, right, it's absolutely. How to, have, how to have closeness with God, and it's through Jesus. I mean, I can go off on rants and tangents, so I'm going to try to do my best not to, because I know we got a time limit we got to try to keep to. Otherwise, I could really make this a long thing. i, I get very passionate about We're already like two hours in anyway with all the show <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so
1: whatever. <laughs> I was saying, well, my
2: wife's been sitting in the driveway for 20 minutes <laughs> waiting to <come> <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, that's good. I like that. Keep going. But in Psalm 69, I'm actually going to back it up a little bit from verse 9, starting verse 7. It says, For it is for your sake that I have borne reproach. That dishonor has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mothers. Your zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, I, it became my reproach. Mm. So David's saying, listen, I care so much about you and I love you so much that people hate me now. Their hatred for you has become their hatred for me because I want you so much that I'm taking on your identity. Right. And he goes on and he says that I'm the talk of those who sit at the gate and I'm the song of the drunkards. So like he's saying, I've become the lowest low, like people make fun of me. I'm the crazy guy in town that everybody talks about. You know, it's become a popular thing to kind of make fun of like the tweakers and stuff like that you see well he's saying like i've got that reputation i am crazy i'm nothing i'm that low because i love you so passionately because i'm so consumed with zeal for you right and and for us as new new testament believers looking at that phrase zeal for your house has consumed me well what is this house now it's us we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? We're we're the, right. we're the temple. <clears throat> yeah. So, zeal for your house is consuming. Well, what does that mean for us that we're supposed to look like Him if we're going to house Him, or if we're going to house His presence, if we're going to be working and moving for Him? It's got to be us. To
1: yeah. the door. I did hear that. That was Jesus. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> I think it was three <laughs> knocks, right?
1: That's zeal. That's zeal knocking on the door of your house.
2: <clears throat> All right. Pause. I'll be right back.
1: All right. Cool. <laughs> Hey, is the audio coming in weird? <clears throat> yeah, it was.
0: It almost sounded <laughs> demonic.
1: <laughs> I was like, I would be like tracking really well. And then it would just go. <laughs> and I'm like looking at you like, are you hearing the same thing I'm here? <laughs> I look at you like, he's not reacting. So I think it's good. <laughs> I was trying to it give me like two minutes. I'm sorry, guys. Six- no, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, we can clip whatever. <laughs> well, Eric <Aaron> can
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, we can clip whatever. <laughs> Shut your mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can do whatever you need me to.
0: <laughs> oh, don't even. You don't even need to be in it. I can just overlay you in there,
1: or Aaron can, one or the other. Yeah, Houston just does thumbnails and it takes them like three weeks to get. <laughs> <laughs> they literally take two minutes each. I don't know why it always takes me so long. But they're sick thumbnails. <laughs> That's true. They are. They are looking pretty good. I've liked a few of them, especially. You, you shouldn't. Uh...
0: You shouldn't have told me it only takes you two minutes so it takes like 20
1: takes me two hours (laughs) no i make them on an app on my phone so i don't even actually do them on the computer i make them on the app i told you to get did you get bizarre or whatever it's called bizarre bizarre Mm. Bizarre. yeah that's what i make them. on (laughs) angry child I thought that was him. <laughs> it, it was his microphone. It was one of those devils. <laughs> so Dude, before there, you came Bible, on, you need to pray over your microphone. <laughs> Jesus name and Jesus name and Jesus name. <laughs> cast the thing out. Um, Yeah, before you came on, his audio was clipping real bad. Like he would be talking and then they would just go silent. So we got that fixed. So I don't know what it is. He's got an interface and he said he's got a lot of cords <laughs> plugged into it. So <laughs> He said he's got like this whole setup. So, oh, there he is. He's probably been listening the whole time too. No, yeah, he has back in. Oh, Oh, for sure. Really happy. (laughs) We were wondering. Well, we were wondering what was going on. It's an exorcism. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Oh man. Um, we're getting some uh, like feedback from your mic. It's worse than feedback, bro. It's like a demon. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. <laughs> it isn't even doing when you laugh. Oh,
2: so, like, like right now, you're actually getting like having issues with my mic, or
1: no? It was only when you were reading from Psalms. <laughs> 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 yeah, you were talking, and like I was tracking with you, but then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's good now. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But, uh, but I followed through it. Like you can make out the words, they just sounded super like it wasn't you <laughs> saying
2: <laughs> Did it like almost sound like digital pixelated kind of? Yeah. You heard <laughs> that earlier too, Houston, on my end. But
1: very strong. Oh, I was sounding like that on your end? Mm-hmm. Oh, for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's definitely just Skype. So it looks like we're gonna have to find another new platform. We've been <laughs> we've been on Zoom, now Skype. Now what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Facebook chat. Yep. Facebook chat. Facebook yeah.
1: The meeting. Yeah.
2: yeah. We'll Except for we can't After say the 23rd.
0: Jesus. We can't say Jesus on there. It'll get clipped out.
2: We'll I'm already say Jesus thinking. and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Problem yeah. Solved. That's right.
1: Um, so you had just read in Psalms and then um, you said, Give me two minutes. All right. Sorry. I don't, yeah. okay, okay, that. So I don't know where to. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you know where you're at because I don't know um, where you're going next.
2: So that like when he says that, uh, that I became a buyer to them, I'm the talk of those who sit at the gate and I'm in the drunkards make songs about me. Right. Basically that idea of being okay with our reputation going, going to,
1: there, there, it is again. <laughs> there it is. Right. When you said going to, it was like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bro, but your, your audio would cut out last week. And then I tell you to repeat it. And then when I watched it back, it was clear. It was clear.
1: All right, let's just roll. Right,
2: so. <laughs> let's just see what happens. All right, all right so the drunkard's song. So the drunkard's song, basically, being okay with our reputation going to crap. So to I don't know if we're okay, we're say crap on this, one, but yeah. say whatever you but, want. But we'll beep it well, out. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we'll <it> down, <laughs> I just said
1: crap.
0: We're going to make it safe for children on YouTube.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got the viewer ratings, so yeah, matters right. Uh, YouTube kids, but, man. But this this idea of being so sold out for Jesus, right, and being just so just caught up in love with him that it doesn't matter what people say, it doesn't matter what people think, I'm going to worship unconditionally, unbridled after him, right? Um, I kind of laughed to myself the other day. Um, I was walking from my work truck into the work building, which is probably about a 50-yard walk, roughly, and usually... I'm talking to Jesus the whole time. I mean, I, I just do. I like yeah. that. In, in Springfield, where I work, it's mandated you have to wear masks and stuff. And I work in the city utility building, so I definitely have to wear it in there. And so, like, I'm kind of glad that I have that now because it kind of covers up the fact that I'm talking to Jesus or I'm praying <laughs> the whole time. You know what I mean? He's just, I just a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw a couple guys on the docks. I didn't have my mask on yet and stuff. And I was just telling Jesus how much I love him, how beautifully he is, how thankful I am for all he's done and, and stuff. And just, I like, kind of look over and they're kind of looking at me and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Oh, I'm committed now. Dang it. Dang it. Why do I got to be yeah. talking to you right now, Jesus? <laughs> just hush and it they up look for like a they, minute. They look like they could be drunkards, so they can write songs about me. I mean, no, just <laughs> <laughs> they're going to watch this and I'm like, that guy's a jerk. We thought he was nice. <laughs> uh, but... But just being so sold out, right? Um, you, you look at a guy like David. Right? Said he was a man after God's own heart. He was this guy that was just so on fire for Jesus. He made a lot of mistakes, and and we like to, I like to make, we make a lot of mistakes. We like to compare ourselves to David and be like, see, we're still people out God's own heart. We can make mistakes, to do that, right? But mm-hmm. what we don't realize is he actually had a deep deep commitment to the Lord. In Psalms 132 he said that he's actually being quoted by Solomon in Psalms 132, but he says that he swore that he wouldn't go into his house or take in the comfort of his bed, he'd give no sleep to his eyes or slumber to his eyelids until he found a resting place for the Lord. He was so sold out for him that he wanted that. And um in uh, Second Samuel chapter seven I'm going to try not to read too much and just jump around a little bit. But yeah. in starting at seven one, it says, Now when the king lived in, the, in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan, the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. And it says, uh, But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord. Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all the places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word of it to the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house? Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David... Thus says says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pastures from following the sheep, that you may be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make your name great like the names uh, of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. No violent men shall afflict them any more. And then it, it goes down a little bit. He says, and I will give you rest from your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Mm. Right. So <clears throat> David, in his deep love, this is, this is shortly after the Ark of the Covenant comes back to Israel. Right. Know, right? So I so just David just danced before the Lord. He just had been cel- celebrating the fact that the presence of God was back. Because that's what the Ark meant. Like we have mm. access to the presence because Jesus died. But back then they didn't have access to the presence. It was in the Ark. You know, right, what I mean? right, so the yeah. Ark is coming into Israel and he sees the Ark that has been stuck in tents forever. It's been in captivity by the Philistines and it's the Lord's never had a place to call home. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I want to build the Lord a house. And I like I used to read it, um, almost like the Lord kind of turned his nose up to David that would though would you build me a house like ha. <laughs> You think you could build me a house? But like whenever you start to like soften your heart towards what you think God thinks and you like view that that bridegroom paradigm of Jesus and you start looking at it from that light, it's like, would you build me a house? Do you love me so much that you want to do that for me? Mm. You're willing to you just <clears throat> you're willing to just a second ago. You look like a fool, right? He his wife cursed him for his dancing before the Lord. And he said. But listen, what I'm doing is for God, and I'm going to become more undignified, like I'm going to get more crazy, I'm going to get more wild, and it's not for you, and it's not for the people, it's for the Lord, right? That's <laughs> and cool, so, yeah. Now, just, just having that deep love for Jesus, to look crazy, to look stupid, to surrender it all, whenever... Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's actually living it out like how Christ would counting yourself as dead. dead. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Just this. I I, I don't know, like. I'm at a point in my life where it's just like, what's the point in everything I've done if it doesn't point back to him? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, what's the point in. The young adults thing. What's the point in anything? What's the point in going to the gym? What's the point in playing my guitar? What's the point in doing all this stuff if, if I'm not making sure that he's the one who's glorified for it? Yeah, you know? that's because good. ultimately, if it points back to my glory, it's it was for myself and not for him.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> that's really good. Can I comment on on this a little yeah. bit? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it reminds me, and I, uh, so for my own personal, um, walk. I think for me, and maybe other people can relate to this also, but for me, when I came to salvation, th- my zeal took off. And so I think a lot of people get that initial fire, that initial push, <clears throat> where it's like, I just met Jesus for the first time, and I'm going to go nuts for him, and I don't care what other people think about me. I remember, um, and I'm not, I'm not bragging, but I, I want to use this as an example to show um, a pattern in my life And then something I'm trying to correct to see if, um, other people can resonate with it and connect with it. But I had this passion where I didn't care what other people thought, where I was willing to make myself look stupid, um, in the eyes of the people around me because of my love for Jesus. Like I just met this guy named Jesus and I'm in love with him and I want everybody to know about him. And so I was literally walking through the hallways. I mean, this is freaky. I was literally walking down the hallways in uh, college and I was sticking my arms out as I was uh, walking by people and I was praying for them as I would walk by. And then I would literally stand by classroom doors and I would pray for everyone in the classroom. And I'm not even in that, I'm not even in that class. And uh, I remember um, I used to uh, just take my Bible, which this isn't weird, but I used to just take my Bible um, and read it every time I had a second. And so I would actually want people to look at me and be like what a freak because i would want them to i would want to spark a conversation um i didn't want people to ignore me i wanted to be seen because i wanted to point to jesus like i just wanted to get everybody's attention but then what had happened is um that fire burnt out and i think a lot of people experience that where it's like well where'd my fire go i can't feel god anymore where did he go and so i went through this season of kind of searching like gosh i don't feel you i don't feel you feel you god like i used to Um, and it really like bothered me. Um, and now it's kind of funny that you're saying this, Mike, and this is your topic because I feel like the season that I'm in right now is, and it's not something where I'm just like trying to conjure up what I had before. It's like beyond, I think I used to pray a prayer that was like, God, I want the fire that I used to have and a love for you that I used to have. But now I'm at a place where I'm not praying that prayer. It's like, I'm just saying like, God do in me now what you couldn't do before. And that, that you have planned for me right now. Like I know my relationship with you, what it was like then, whether it was 10 years ago or five years ago or a year ago, but God, I want you to do something in me now. And I don't care what it looked like last week or 10 years ago. I just want you to move in me now. And so I feel like that zeal is being restored to where I am willing to do some things, um, that I I don't care what people think about me anymore. I think for a while, which is weird, like, like even loving Jesus, um, and being in relationship with, with him in the last 10 or 11 years of my life, you wouldn't think that that would go away, but I think it does. I start to, I started to care about what other people thought about me, making sure that my doctrine is correct and really like, which is important, but just focusing on the wrong things instead of like returning to my first love and saying, okay, Jesus, I love you more than anything. I don't care to look like a fool. Just use me right now. Um, whatever your will is, I want you to fulfill it right now in this very second of my life. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So it's actually really timely that you're talking about this, um, because it really hits home for me right now in the season that
2: I'm in. I, you know what I, I love how you said that about like, you didn't feel him like you used to, you know what I love about that? I actually, I'm getting to a point. I used to hate that. Like I used to hate when I couldn't feel him like I used to, but what I've learned is to love that feeling because when you don't feel him like you used to, it's because he's talking a little bit softer. So you'll walk a little bit closer, right? Mm. He's whispering a little bit softer. So you'll walk just a little bit. And Matthew, um, in Matthew 10, 27, 26 and 27, actually, you kind of talked about it last week a little bit. He's talking about, you know, don't fear a man who, or who you know, after they kill, you can do nothing but fear God, who after he kills, you can also condemn your soul to hell. But right, uh, right after that, he says, let me. I'm just going to flip to it because I'm going to misquote it, and then I'll be... Marked up as a heretic <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, we'll,
1: we'll throw you under the bus too It wasn't us It was <laughs> That's exactly why I, like, I better uh, just go And read it It's funny
2: uh, but in verse, so in verse twenty six, that's what he says about you know, uh, have no fear. So after that, he says, have no fear of them, for nothing that is covered is revealed nor hidden it will be known. And in verse twenty seven, it says, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the roof, the house tops, the rooftops. Um, so that that intimate setting of that night time with Jesus. I mean, the reason why John, beloved, the beloved was John the Revelator, was because he was the one whose head was on Jesus' breast, right? He was the only one laying that close to Jesus. He was the only disciple that was there when he was crucified because he heard the yeah. whisper and he drew closer, right?
1: That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And when we hear the whisper, and we, stop, we stop feeling the feeling and we feel like, you know, he's at arm's reach and we can't feel anymore. It's because he's calling us closer. Um, when you were talking about it, I immediately thought the Song of Solomon, chapter um, five. Uh, and I'm just, it, it's a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to read it because it's, it, it it fits the condition, and um, I'm so, I'm a preacher, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can just I, I derail love it, man. with it. There's so much gold in says, what you're saying, so keep going. In, in verse 2, it says, I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, my beloved, is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. My head is wet with dew, my walks with the drops of the night. I had put off my garment. How could I put it on? I had bathed my feet. How could I soil them? My beloved put his hands to the, the, latch, latch, the latch, and my heart was thrilled within me. I rose to open to my beloved. My hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone. My soul failed me when he spoke. I sought him, but I found him not. I called to him, but he gave no answer. The watchmen found me. As they went about in the city, they beat me, they bruised me, and they took my veil away. Those watchmen of the walls. Uh, I adjure you, daughters, which or be like I holds you to an oath, O oh daughters of Jerusalem. If you find my beloved, tell him I am sick with love. And so we we see this scene unfolding, right? And she says that she's she slept, but her heart was awake, cause she heard the knock of her beloved. And he said, "Open up to me, you know. I've been here a long time. I've been waiting for you." But then she starts making excuses. Well, I've already I'm already in my nightgown. I've already washed my feet. If I get up, I get up, my feet will be dirty. And and that so speaks to like our our condition a lot of the times, right? Like. Jesus wakes us up at four in the morning and he's calling us to spend time mm. with him because he longs to be with us. And so we go, no, I'm, I'm tired, Jesus. I got a lot of work to do today. Or um, I didn't get to bed late. I don't have time right now. And and then he He reminds us, right, that he grabs the latch and he, he shows us his hands, right? He shows us that holes in his hands or, or he reminds us of things that he called us to. And then we hop up and we reach to the door and it's like, We miss the moment you know what i mean like right like and it's funny to say that because we're like oh god's a good god he's going to meet us where we're at but sometimes there's something special that he wants to to deposit in us right and he's looking for that just obedience that zeal to just be uncomfortable and to wake up at three Three o'clock or whatever time he wakes us up and say okay god i'll get on my knees before you what do you have for me you know I, i love you that much but and then it goes on. Whenever she finally awake, her zeal for is it, coming back, right? And so she goes looking for him. She goes finding him, and the watchmen find her and they beat her and strip her of her veil and send her away bruised. And that's so much like what we see a lot in, like, um, I want to tread carefully. Um, I'm not going to tread that carefully, but we see it a lot in church leadership, right? You get fired up for Jesus. You get zealous like in love for Jesus. And like, well, calm it down, Skippy. <laughs> like like <laughs> we, we we want the lost to come here so we can get them saved. So you need to cool yeah. it down a bit. You need to calm down. It's like, no, man, but you don't understand. Like, I'm sick with love. And the thing is, thing is, is we forget that when you're sick with love, people start asking questions. It goes on, right? After he says, I'm sick with love, she says, the people of the other say what is your beloved more than other beloveds? Oh, most beautiful among women. What is your beloved more than other be- beloveds that you would hold us to this kind of oath to tell him this? And look what she says. She says, my beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. I can pick him out in a crowd. I wow. know my beloved. He's most beautiful, most stunning. She goes on to describe him, saying that his head is the finest gold. His eyes are doves bef- besides streams of water bathed in milk sitting beside a full pool it's like this love sickness about her she's just so overtaking she can't help but say he dazzles me everything mm-hmm. about him is perfect everything about him is pure everything about him is lovely i just want i just want to behold him i want to hold him tight i never want to let him go right and um i think in the song solomon too she has a similar kind of dream, situation she goes looking for him and she can't find him as soon as she finds him she says i when i found him i cling to him and i wouldn't let him go right so it's like that idea i'm so sick with love for him that i'm okay with being stripped and beaten and bruised by my fellow believers because i'm so in love with him that they consider me too in love with him right yeah yeah what did paul say if i'm in my right mind it's for my sake but if i'm beside myself or if i look crazy it's for christ's sake Mm -hmm. and it's living out that craziness and being okay with just not looking okay to people Brian That's Yeah.
1: That's so good. I love this. And <clears throat> let me say another thing. Um, honestly, um, I want to, I want to stay on this gear, but I want to like bring, uh, Aaron into this because tonight. And so not a lot of people probably saw the same thing that I saw tonight, but since I've known Aaron, um, seeing what the Lord's been doing in his heart, I've been able to see, even, even just knowing him over the last few months, the Lord, um, began to produce this zeal and this passion within him. And tonight when, when you came on and kind of pre-show Aaron, when I was telling you that I was watching tonight, your guys' prayer and worship night, when you were praying, I literally, and I told you like message my wife, ask her, I literally cried. Um, because so Mike, you were saying like the pet, like, um, like you see, um, like, um, like she saw her beloved. He was perfect. He was lovely. She like just wanted to hold on to him tonight when I was watching you pray, Aaron and worship, I literally saw you have those feelings toward Jesus. And it was really inspiring. I literally just started crying in my living room because I'm like, this guy gets it, and this guy loves Jesus, and he doesn't he doesn't care what other people think like mm-hmm. he you like put your heart into you know loving jesus and and worship and I was seeing that, and I was just I was inspired. I'm like, man, like I don't feel like I fully do that all the time. I think I'm worried about what people think about me, and sometimes even and I'll open up a little bit. Sometimes even at at like worship on like a Sunday morning at church, sometimes I don't always raise my hand because I'm wondering what the person is thinking next to me. I didn't I didn't grow up worshiping like that. And so it's a little bit awkward still for me. Um, And I'm always worried about what someone's thinking about me. And then when I see brothers like you guys who are talking about your relationship with the Lord and then also walking it out and I see the love that you guys have for the father, um, and, and the love that you have for Jesus, it, it blows my mind to see that and it really fires me up and inspires me. Um, and so literally just this evening, I was just crying in my living room when I, while I was watching you and listening to you pray because the love that you have for Jesus is just super, like, it just catches me on fire, man. So that, mm. like, related perfect.
3: Aaron, I'm going to call on you. Um, because the thing about home it, it, there was something astir stir in my heart and, and, and that builds a connection because um, when when people become adults there comes a point where it's time for them to launch out of home because home presents you know security, safety, provision, all of those different things but there's a time to launch, there's a time to to do that and I think in the same way that we can get so comfortable that in our spiritual home, and be afraid to step out. Um, I believe that there's there's a generation of younger people who might maybe are afraid to step out in into the things of the spirit. Maybe are afraid to step out in faith. Maybe are afraid to to launch into that journey because it's safer for them to be under their mom and dad's spiritual covering. You know, uh, still carrying their parents' faith and not owning it for themselves. And so, Aaron, I, I want to ask you to pray for your, for your generation. I want you. To, I want to ask you to pray for 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 those of your age and younger. The the you know the adults, the younger adults, the teenagers, and 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 let's just pray that they would have encounters with God. That that they would have infillings of the Spirit. That they would that they would be. Stepping outside of their home that they would be launching into their journey of faith that God is calling them to would you do that?
0: Um, Just before I do that, I I felt like like God was putting a Specific verse on my heart Um, in first Samuel when when Hannah's praying and crying out to God uh, She at one point she says that God exalts those who humble themselves and he humbles those who exalt themselves. And uh, I think it. Uh, sorry.
3: That's
0: okay. I think it's just really, it's really important that that we choose to humble ourselves. That God's calling everybody, all of us, to so much more, and we need to step into that. We need to step into that calling that God has placed on our lives, and through through the generations before us that that prayed and just spent so much time praying into our generation. Mm-hmm. It's it's time for for our generation to to wake up and realize and step into what what our calling is. So Lord God, I just lift us up. I lift our generation up, Lord. I just pray that you would just continue. To move continue to show us how real you truly are how alive you truly are in our lives Lord God I pray that you would just awaken every heart Lord God that you would just use the dead bones that you would you would bring them to life Lord God that there wouldn't be a single person that you speak to that wouldn't step into what you're calling them yes. to do Lord yes. whether it be big or small it doesn't matter we're all part of the same body yeah. And if one hand chooses not to do what the hand has to do, the body doesn't function properly. And so, Lord God, I just I pray and I cry out to you and I ask that you push our generation to move when you say move. However you say to move, Lord, that we wouldn't hesitate, we wouldn't stop and ponder how we should do it, how we feel led to do it, that we should just continue seeking your face and continue seeking your guidance, Lord. Lord God, I just I thank you for your guidance in my own life. I would be nothing without you. And I just pray that whoever you need, Lord God, that right now they would just have something stirring up inside of them, calling them to do it, Lord. That they wouldn't be shy, they wouldn't be embarrassed, but you paid the ultimate price for us. You sent your son to die for us. And The very least we could do, is strive for that intimate relationship with you and step into the calling that you have for our lives. And so Lord God, I just thank you for this. Yeah. And I pray that it would happen. I pray it into existence, Lord God. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Father, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm, I'm happy that you tuned in. Um, and it was just like every year we do, we do like a, a three nights of prayer kind of thing. Um, but just to backtrack, just a tiny little bit. Um, when I, like I, for Mike, um, I gave my life to Christ when I was like eight years old, um, nine years old. And then all throughout elementary school, high school, um, I was always known as some people called me priest. Some people called me Jesus. Some people like, I was always that guy. Like if they had, there would be four or five people in a group and they would have first, it would always start off by like picking fun at me, picking fun at, like we were all a group of friends. So it wasn't like I was bullied or anything like that. Um, But it would always start like they'd, they'd make fun of like a story in the Bible and then four of them would walk away and one of them would stay and they'd be like, yo, but seriously, when you said this and then it would, it would pour into deeper conversation so talking about what you guys were saying in regards to um not wanting to look foolish I never had that problem um I always like I put myself out there in the sense um sorry are you guys frozen right okay no, I saw a blank no, <laughs> I just didn't want to be talking for now so I'm really engaged no that's cool um but yeah it was like I didn't have a fear of looking stupid or, or putting myself out there for Jesus, but I didn't, I also didn't have the zeal that you're talking about where it's like, you just, you want to go and and tell everybody about it. It was like, if someone comes to me, I'll never deny Christ, but I'm not going out looking for those opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but recently I'd say like, I don't know, eight, six, eight months ago. Um, Jesus revealed himself to me in such a a different way. Like I had never experienced it. It was, it was in a moment of, of having all this baggage that I had picked up along the way. And it was when I was nine years old, I've explained this in the past, uh, I think on a past episode, it was like before there was nothing to be taken off my shoulders. So when I was eight and I gave my life to Christ, my heart, I didn't really feel that heart change. But when, when it happened recently, I had been building things up for years and years that when my heart changed, it was like, like, oh my goodness, I finally understand. Like, I feel what they're talking about when they go crazy for Jesus. I thought they were lying to me, but then it was like, oh, okay. So this is what they're talking about. And then just building that intimacy, like taking steps, like doing the outdoor worship, Um, doing things like that, those were things that really, it kind of like, it kind of took me to another, like another step in my intimacy, in my relationship with God. And, uh, yeah, then it's just like all of these different things that were put on my heart in regards to the generation, our generation and the generation under us and the types of prayers and interceding, how we should be doing it. And so I actually I reached out to my pastor and I told him like I sent him there's um do you know Maddie Montgomery, Mike? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, cool. Him. So he has um
2: former Fort Day Vocalist. What's that? So the former Fort Day Vocalist. Yeah. Man. What's his church called?
1: Uh yeah.
0: the altar.
2: Altar, yeah. Altar.
0: Yeah, but he um he has this one track, it's like a spoken word, and it's called Joshua Generation. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the link in this in the podcast in the description of this podcast because it's it's fire. Like anybody not anybody, everybody needs to hear it. So I just went through and I wrote it out and then I sent it over (laughs) to him like as a message. I made sure to say like these are not my words, you know. I'm just claimed them.
2: I was like, yeah, this (laughs) is all me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is actually fully me, no one else. Um no, but so I sent them that and there were parts where like when he talks in it, he talks about um, the generations before us, like fasting and praying and and seeking God on our behalf. And he is somebody that hands down, no doubt, he always had so much fire when it came to um, the children, like younger generation, just because it was like, he understood that God was going to move really big in that generation. Then tonight he was like, yo, I'm, Aaron, I'm going to call you out of your comfort zone and I'm going to ask you to pray for our generate, your generation and the ones to come under you. And so it was like, like he saw my heart in that moment and what God was putting on my heart for that generation. And then it was like, that moment was like, I've never experienced something where it was just like a, like out calling people out in love. You know what I mean? Like, like we have, we have a calling, we're asleep. Like we need to wake up and we need to step into those, those positions that, that God's placed us in. Um, But yeah, it was, I've never, so quick summary. I've never had a problem with going out and speaking about Jesus, but like someone would have to talk to me about it first. Whereas now it's like, if I feel, if I, if I'm in a situation where I can bring it up or I, I, even in situations where it's probably not proper, quote unquote, proper, like church world proper to bring it up, I'm sneaking it in there, you know? Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, and, and like you said, like a lot, a lot of times people will say like, okay, tone it down a little bit, you know, being a little crazy, but it's like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, yeah. what more should I do, you know?
1: Yeah, you're in love. You're in love.
2: Whenever you've set your heart to only have him, that's all you want to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, whenever you mm-hmm. set your eyes and your heart to beholding him, to just loving Jesus, to to look at the most beautiful, the most perfect. I mean, he's infinite, right? A.W. Tozer talks about the infinitude of God. The fact that... Jesus is so infinite. I could talk about his beauty. for I could use every human vocabulary of every language to talk about the beauty of Jesus. And it would still not even be a grain of sand in the vastness of his beauty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The vastness of his grace or his mercy or his justice or his judgment or his perfection. How great of a king, a king, Lord of lords is. How perfect he is as the lion. How perfect he is as the lamb. You know, there's no amount of words that I could do, but I have to set my heart to never exhausting it either. You know what I mean? Like I have to be non-exhaustive with it. I have to just, I got to, I got to try to describe his beauty with every word I can think of. And I I think that's a big thing
0: too, is a lot of times like that, not losing sight of that, not exhausting. Like you said, like so many times you don't want, you don't actively say, okay, I'm going to start on the downward slope. You know what I mean? But it, it just like almost just happens if you're not, constantly in his word constantly praying building that intimacy it's so easy even inside of a church you know what i mean like yeah Uh,
2: i was a youth pastor for a year and it's so funny because like in that year that i was a youth pastor versus even my life now like when i would get into the word as a youth pastor i would get into the word to have something to teach people (laughs) like right like I feel like I had some pretty fire messages. Don't get me wrong. Okay? I'm sure you
1: did. I'm sure you did. But,
2: but my heart wasn't in it. Right. Like I talk about the gifts of the spirit, to talk about the gifts of the spirit. You know, <laughs> I t- talk about healing to talk about healing. But what I've learned now, what's different in the like. Um, uh, I'm charismatic pretty much. <laughs> I'm going to be, a, you know, I wouldn't we say all I'm because I don't do snakes, but like, but <laughs> like, <Wait>, you don't <laughs> come on. We'll take End on snakes. meeting, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, obviously I believe in the function of the gifts in the church. and, and, and you know, I, believe in tongues i pray in tongues i was baptized in spirit when i was eight years old you know like like i, I believe in these things but what i've started noticing is whenever i started to look at everything through the lens of jesus and teach about through the lens of jesus and not just study it for them but because i wanted jesus we started seeing these things happen in our young adult meetings like when i would start teaching about healing so it glorified jesus we started seeing healing happening in our our young adult service, and we starts having words of knowledge. Bridge knowledge bridge where I'd start feeling a pain somewhere, I'd call it out. Sure enough, somebody had a pain, and Jesus would heal them, you know I mean? like he'd, he'd right. take the pain from them, right? Yeah. But it was because. I switched the posture of my heart. Before, I wouldn't go to those places because the pastor's sons were both up there. The uh, family pastor's daughter was up there. There was another guy who's very well-versed in Scripture, and I was always nervous about maybe not sounding theologically correct or pushing the limits, and maybe they don't all believe like I believe about him. And so I'd shy away from these things, but then whenever I surrendered myself completely to it, we started seeing seeing people falling under the power. We started seeing all these things start happening. Wow. But it, it was all because we, as a body, really were on the same journey to be sold out for Jesus. right? We were all, we're all we're on all the journey. same journey that we didn't care anymore, that we looked goofier. And we, we met in, in, in an upper room of the church. And so if people fell over, you could hear downstairs up here falling over.
3: You know there's I mean? like, a young adult, I mean, like, you, you can, get can hear these things. <laughs> <It's like, laughs>
2: everybody's but, falling out in the spirit. I've learned to be okay with being a flake, you know what I mean? Like in the natural, I'm a flake, and I'm okay with it because I'm so sold out for him that uh, that's fine. Call me a flake. It's talked about how I'm flighty or maybe I'm, I'm spiritually immature because I'm about these things. But I would argue that if you're so spiritually mature that you're not uh, indignified before him, then you're probably not really spiritually mature.
1: Mm, that's <clears throat> I like that, man. I really do. I, I think, and, and Mike, we're not even really that, I, I would say we're decently close, but, um, we live three hours away, so we can only be so close as far as like getting get together and talking or keeping up with one another. Um, but even, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like speak something and you're like, no, oh, that's not necessarily true, but I really feel like over the last couple of years, um, and not just with you, but maybe your entire family. So when I say your entire family, I don't know your kids super well. So I'm really just talking about you and your wife. I've seen, (laughs) I've seen God do something in you and your wife over the last couple of years, just seeing it from afar. Um, and I've, I've even talked to Susan about it. I'm like, Hey, I think something, and I've talked to Nathan about it. Um, I'm like, I think like something's going on here. Like, I've seen a change, and not that there was something wrong, but it's just like I've seen something where you, you two have just like catapulted like from one place to another. um, And it's really powerful being three hours away from you um, and feeling this feeling when I'm not around you all the time, hardly ever, but knowing that God is doing something big in both of your lives or in your family's lives. I've seen it. Um and so when you talk about, you know, your experience in, in, you know, young adults and stuff like that, about surrendering to Jesus and just saying, you know what, I just want to go all out for him and not just focus on the gifts or focus on this thing, but just focus on intimately loving Jesus and then taking people with me on this journey and then seeing the things that you would see. I think that's probably what I've been seeing from afar, just from the outside looking in. There's something going on. And I'm like, I want a part of that. And then I heard you speak a few weeks or about a month or so ago. And I'm like, there is totally something going on (laughs) and I want a part of this. (laughs) So it's cool. I I really like what I'm seeing.
2: That's like where... What I've felt, I felt, I told my pastor. Whenever I was the young adult leader, we actually two weeks ago stepped down from that um, in our church. Um, but what I, him and I had been talking. There was we used to worship upstairs after after corporate worship with uh, the rest of the adults, the older adults on Wednesdays. So we'd go upstairs to upper room and uh, we had a keyboard up there and we just minister to the Lord until he directed what we were supposed to do. I always come prepared with something to say, but if I didn't say what I prepared to say, that was fine. We went with what he wanted to do. And then um, my pastor, oh, my pastor uh, he had came up to me and said, Hey, listen, we want to go a different direction for a while. I don't want you guys to do worship upstairs. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, What's more important? I want you to focus on teaching. I'm like, i don't have anything more important to say than he's beautiful he's altogether lovely he's worthy he's more precious than silver more costly than gold he's more beautiful than diamonds like i have nothing more to say than how great he is and i can worship for 40 minutes and they'll get more out of the five minutes of me talking than me speaking for 45. Mm. like i'm at the point in my life where i read psalms 50 or not psalms isaiah 53 and i cry you know that he was pierced for my transgressions that he was bruised for my iniquity, that the chastisement that brought me peace was on him. Like he was beaten, he was broken. He was bloody just so I could be happy so I could smile, smile so I could feel joy so I could feel love so I can have peace. that his wounds were brought my healing. His he was ripped open, flayed wide open so I don't have to have a cold. Mm. That's my Jesus. He loved me that much. And with every single lash that he took on his back, he said my name. He looked mm. at my face and he thought of me. And every time I've ever failed him or let him down, he knew those things were going to happen because he's sovereign. Yeah, but he still thought of me, mm.
1: and he still that's loved me. Good, man, that's good. I want I want a part of what you're uh, what you're taking. So if that's the scripture. Give me more scripture. That's intimacy <laughs> with Jesus. Give me more int- intimacy with Jesus because just seeing that and then and then hearing you talk. Um, it um it it convicts me, but also um, inspires me to go yeah. deeper with Jesus. I mean that's powerful. And I want to
0: really go. Powerful. I'm gonna go cry after this, bro. That's uh. Yeah. That's heavy. That <clears throat> I'll
2: leave you guys with one more scripture, and then I think I've met your guys's time limit. <laughs>
1: so, um, We're good, man. Um, oh yeah, my uh my thing stopped. Let's see. Oh, phone storage is full. Yeah, keep, no, going. No way. Yeah, I keep going. Yeah,
0: keep going. Two terabytes, in my butt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so in in Revelation three, right? We're going to look at uh, kind of the back half of the rebuke of the church of Laodicea, right? Uh, so we're going to look at verse just just 19. nineteen and twenty. He says, "Those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline." so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm the only person who's ever thought about it this way, And but when I was thinking about this topic and this idea of building a house for the Lord, right, and us becoming the house, he says, be zealous and repent. The first two steps, right? Like, bring back that fire that you had for me that restore that first love and repent of everything mm-hmm. that kept you from first love. And we always think of repent as penance, right? Just like confessing and like, like, Oh, well, tell God you're sorry. But changing our mindset and our, the structure of our thoughts is repentance, right? Mm-hmm. So we're no longer structuring our thoughts on those things that are contrary to the word, but focusing on him. But then he says, I'll I stand at the door and knock open to me and I'll come into you and dine with you. But then he flips it and says, and you will dine with me. When I go to Houston's house, I'm saying I'm going to Houston's house to, to eat. Or if I'm coming over to Houston, I'll tell people, Hey, Mike, come over to eat with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when, whenever it flips, Jesus comes into us to dine with us. So we have ownership of the home. But then when he comes in to dine with us, he flips the table. He takes ownership and we dine with him. Wow. Right. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. That holy temple. And and we're, it's going from glory to glory, to glory, to, glory it's, to glory. glory. it's not like, Oh, I'm perfect in a moment. I'm perfect in a day. My wife probably still sees the, uh, the worst of me still, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, she catches most of my shortcomings that fall on Ashley. They don't fall on it before most people, but, wow. but this idea of just being so sold out that I do surrender everything to him. Like I was, uh, before we hopped on this i actually i just want to spend time more time in worship more time in prayer so that's what i did i found myself telling him that i want him to have everything i want him to take her i truly want him to be lord and confessing my love for him and talking about the fact that his face is as radiant as the sun shining in full full force and how that light just drives out what's left of darkness and of this flesh flesh in me that whenever in a Psalms 84 talks about him being the sun and a shield, that he is our warmth, he is our light. Without the sun, we have no life. Mm. He is our life and he's our protection, right? Yeah, he's our joy and our peace. And like I think of Paul in Philippians when he was in prison, right? And talking about how to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's going on listening, he's like, Listen, I'm actually praising in this situation because of my imprisonment the validity of the gospels being spread. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. seeing this as real because I'm in prison. And being so in love with Jesus that accepting that level of persecution and being okay mm-hmm. with it. Like I want to be persecuted. Like I, I truly want to. Like, <laughs> like that's and that's really dangerous to say, you know what I mean? Cause like when you, yeah. you you put the 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 tire to the to the road there, whenever push comes to truly shove.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I the government's listening it on it. Skype, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> the government heard that. They're like, all right, we're sending persecution down. <laughs> you're you're going to try to save the video, and it's just going to be you guys just sitting there in silence while I'm talking, and then you guys <laughs> right. let them check. <laughs> hey, guys, <laughs> what's up? The corn right here the hey, guys. <laughs> okay. I got earbuds oh. in.
1: man. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs>
2: <Wait>. <laughs> But, well,
1: that's good, man. I, I appreciate you, Mike. Um, I really do. I, I didn't know how this was going to go. I mean, I knew it was going to go well. I did, but I didn't know it was going to be this powerful. Like I I, re- I got a whole lot out of this.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: I appreciate you taking time to sit with us. Um, But not only that, but um I want to thank you for your your love for Jesus, because it really shows when you when you speak that you do have an intimate relationship with the Lord. And I know that He's still working on you and sanctification's real. Um, but it's really inspiring to hear you talk and, and and hear what God's put on your heart. It really means a lot. So thank you so much.
2: Do you mind if I close in prayer before we just like shut it down? Let's go. I'm sorry. I, I know it's not generally how you guys end. But I don't, not dismissing what you, what you just said either. But I wanted to get that in before you guys like shut off the recording. But <laughs> it, hi, honestly, Houston, like uh, it's funny because like as I've watched you grow and I've seen like these different cycles of like each level of faith that you've come into. Because I don't know that like there's hi. Ezra, buddy. You gotta stop. Well, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if there's any, uh, you know. Because we're all on a journey. We all grow differently and we go through different processes where different things become important to us. But I don't know that I've ever seen a time where I didn't feel like you didn't have like a, a passion for the Lord. Like your Facebook, I think, blows up more for Jesus than mine does. You know what I mean? Like, like whenever, not that that's the bar which we measure, but like I, I think that you've always been very vocal for the Lord, that you've always had a zeal, whether you've recognized it as zeal. You know, I, I think it would be, be more humility in you saying that like, you know what I mean? That I wish I had the zeal of so-and-so. But I actually think you have more zeal than you think that I, I've seen in you. I appreciate but, that. Just, But I just think you're so humble that you, you don't see it. Like, you got to get a little more cocky, Houston. Though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in <laughs> Facebook jail right
1: now because I'm so zealous. <laughs> January 23rd. <laughs> oh, I because I've never been in Facebook jail for my faith.
2: <laughs> you're like a modern-day Paul. Oh, my God. That <laughs>
1: <so> makes sense. <laughs>
2: All right, let let me just pray and then i'll let you guys close this how you guys want to close it Uh, Jesus we love you and we worship you. There is nobody like you You are altogether lovely altogether worthy. You are the beautiful beautiful, the first and the last you are the firstborn of creation You created everything and none of thing could exist if it wasn't for you. Jesus Teach us to love you Teach us to long for your presence. Teach us to hunger for the true bread. Don't let us be satisfied with what we think is spiritual food, but it's just milk. Teach us to long after the real stuff. Lord, we love you and we worship you. Teach us zeal. Teach us to be hungry. Pour out your spirit on us like you promised in Joel 2 and bring about revival. Lord, we love you and we praise you. in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Amen. So
2: nice. nice to
0: meet you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate yeah. everything. Nice um, I feel like
2: I, really, I know you a whole lot because I've listened to everything you're like telling Houston on all the podcasts. <laughs> <So I'm> like, <laughs> I feel like I'm caught up. With you. Like I've like known you as long as Houston has now.
1: That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, this went really well. I'm really happy that um, you agreed to coming on. Um, I do want to say that if anyone does want to reach out to Mike, personally um like if they were touched if you were touched by anything that mike talked about in this episode and you'd like to speak with him directly um what's the best way to reach out to you would it be on facebook
2: yeah probably facebook just it's mike bateman and it's a picture of me from the conference the abide conference preaching and so it'd be pretty easy to find me um because I'm not giving everybody my cell phone number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's uh,
1: 417. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, so Facebook would be the best way, and if if for some reason you can't find them, like if you're in Canada and you're having a hard time searching Mike Bateman or something, um, then you can look on my friends list, um, and then I'm sure Aaron's going to be friends with him as well after this. So um, anyway, thank you so much. I'm
2: going to stop following the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
3: watch another episode.
2: You won't even watch this one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sweet.
1: Okay, well, um, Aaron, you got anything? Or you want to close us out? You want to tell them to subscribe or something? Uh, What did I say I was going to put below? What link
0: again? Uh,
2: uh, The Joshua. Joshua.
1: Oh, right. There we go. Yeah,
0: so I'll drop that link below. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll catch up with you guys next time. Peace. Thanks, guys. Love you. See you guys. So there's the episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it, and do not
1: forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Also, don't forget to check out our Facebook page, our Instagram, and be super blessed. And it's gonna stay like that. I take pride in the what God got going. Slipping don't artist wake a up to a yawn. I run with the king, so this prince got a charm. If they tell you any difference, it was just a fuss alarm.